Welcome everyone, Arthur Bablis here. Congratulations for getting to the Personal Evolution Show, the podcast, part of the Evolve from the Inside Out community. And we're gonna be coming to you, we're gonna be having discussions, we're gonna have conversations. And the whole purpose is to get you thinking about your thinking. We're gonna ask you some questions so you can discover decisions that you need to make in order for you to start moving your life forward. How do you bring in more joy, more happiness, more success into your life? You see, leadership, success, happiness, it doesn't just happen, it's cause and effect. In this podcast, we're gonna be sharing with you modern sciences, a traditional wisdom, spiritual laws, you have blending modalities from NLP, hypnosis, kinesiology, energy work. We're gonna share with you what we've learned over the last 30 years in this wonderful field to help you to discover that essence inside of you and ask yourself the questions to help you to break through. Here's a question, who would you be? What would you do? And how would you feel if you already had blank? Think about that. This podcast is going to help you fill in the blanks. This is Arthur Bablis. Just wanted to say congratulations for rocking up today. It's You guys are amazing. And um, I know that you probably hear that. And I don't have to say that, but it, it, it takes a lot of courage to come back and it takes a lot of courage to do the work. Um, a lot of people just block it off and are oblivious. And, and the sad thing is they're oblivious to it for the next um, 20 years, 15, 20, 30 years. And... That's how we get grumpy old men and grumpy old women, you know, those people you see at the shop that think there's no colour in life. So I guess, you know, you get to design your own life. Um, and if you haven't heard of Robin Sharma, he's a perfect example that the way he describes life in colour is just amazing. So get a hold of that book if you haven't had any experiences with Robin Sharma. But, yeah. My son said to me this morning, Mum, is life like connecting the dots? And I was like, what? What's he talking about? Kids are pretty clever, you know. You don't think I don't give my kids enough credit. Um, they're out there building a cubby house today, and I was like, "Yeah, whatever," because I'm busy. So I come back with a Taj Mahal tonight, or some home that down at Redfern or something. But uh, yeah, my son was like, "Is life like connecting the dots?" And I was like, "How do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, when you connect all the dots and you finally get where you want to get to, you get to colour in the picture." Pretty cool metaphor, right? And I was like, kind of like that. So. You know, I guess it's like our journey um, as adults or, or wherever we're at in our life. If we start connecting the dots and making sense of where we are, the picture starts to become clearer and we get to colour in. So, um, okay, Art. I'm pointing up there because on my screen he's up there and it could be down there for you. I'll just do this. So thank you so much for introducing the morning, uh, Magdalena. Uh, we, we ended up last night with some sort of technology challenge and... We, we started this morning with a technology challenge. So obviously, the messy stuff's in the middle, right? I heard uh, uh, Magdalene talk about Robin Sharma. Robin Sharma's got a wonderful quote. He said, the hardest part of change is the beginning. The most difficult part is the beginning, making the decision. All of you guys have made that decision to change. That's why you're here. You were here yesterday and you're here today. It's the hardest in the beginning. It's messiest in the middle, but it's glorious at the end. And so, see, that's the thing. A lot of people avoid change or avoid doing the work that they need to do because they fear the messy part. I mean, actually, fear is the greatest obstacle, right? What halts progress, Tony Robbins says, is fear. Fear is the greatest obstacle. Now, we know obstacles aren't uh, in the way, they're on the way. I mean, that's a Magdalena quote, right? So, Magdalena, uh, how are you going, Dean? Are you able to do a double spotlight? Okay, well, we are, are we? It's not showing on my screen. Let me see. Can anyone see? I'll see both of them. Okay, Let, I'm just removing them again, Dean, and you can do that again because yeah. it, I couldn't have it on my screen. Thanks for that. So, yeah, so Tony Robbins says, what halts progress? I want you to maybe take some notes here, right? What halts progress 
is fear. Fear is the greatest obstacles and they're perfect. So obstacle is not, an obstacle is not um, in the way, it's on the way. Now, when you think about it, I want you to think about what is it that you fear? There's only one thing that we all fear. And it's the greatest motivator as well, is what Magdalene was talking about, is fear actually is the motivator for us to move forward. But what's the thing that you fear? What we fear is pain. I want you to think about it. And there's three types of pain, guys. I wasn't going to talk about this today, but let's talk about it. Write it down. It's not in the notes. Three types of pain. And the first type of pain, Mag, what's the first type of pain? Now we're testing you. <laughs> oh, my God. There's the eye roll, right? Hands behind the back. Now she's a little girl. It's cool, right? <laughs> okay, so what we fear, the first fear, is the pain of loss. I want you to think about it. So people don't start anything in their life, don't take the next step because they fear that they may lose something. And we asked you that question yesterday. Uh, are you willing to let go of what you need to let go of in order to move forward to where you need to move? So people aren't prepared to lose or let go of their secondary gain. So it's a pain of loss. And sometimes when we experience loss in our life, it's like we can't handle it. So we just avoid it and, and we suppress it and we do whatever it is we do to cope with it. We have a coping mechanism. So the first fear is the pain of loss. So I want you to think about that. Is that stopping you from moving forward? What will you lose if you make the decision to go next step? Most people are going to lose their comfort zone, which is over here, right? And the next fear, well, you might get over the fear of loss, but you know what? People fear the pain of the process. Oh, you know what? It's just too hard, man. I don't want to do this. I don't want to wake up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock every morning to do my training. I don't want to do all, can't we do, can't I just do a weekend and be certified instead of doing two years? It's just too long. They fear the pain of the process and they have pain of the process because they believe that they're not capable, that they're not good enough. You know, when you look at all the living decisions that people typed into the chat yesterday, you know, it comes down to believing I'm not capable, I'm not good enough or I'm not loved. And everything else is a variation of that. So people believe that they're not capable. So they don't take that step. They don't take that risk. And the greatest risk I learned from my dad is in life is not to take that risk. I want you to think about it. And the last fear, the last pain is the pain of, well, what if it's not all it makes out to be? The pain of disappointment. The pain of loss the pain of the process and the pain of disappointment that you put all this work and effort in to get there and you know what's not worth it. It's not what I really wanted anyway. And so people stop. People don't make a decision. I think everyone here, when you think about what your challenge is or what you wrote down as a problem, anything that will, the obstacle that you believe has been on your way has been an expression of or a variation of a fear, one of those three fears. So just put in the chat, which one has it been for you? Is it pain of loss, pain of process, or pain of disappointment? Let's have a look. Let's have a look at what they say, Max. And let's just do some feedback here. Pain of the process for Stephanie, pain of disappointment for Kevin, pain of process and loss for Alia, process and disappointment for Kat, loss, 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 disappointment for Fabian, you know, um, Lucy, process, process. Because I tell you what, if it's pain of the disappointment, on an unconscious level, you believe that whenever you get wherever you want to get, it's not really going to be what you want. 
It's interesting, hey? If it's pain of the process, well, maybe you don't believe you have got the skills. If pain of loss, well, you want to stay in your comfort zone. What do you think, Mags? Yeah, like I was just thinking, you know, to get a new new result, you need a new action. Is that you that told me that? I don't know. Sounds good, though. All right, I'll take that one. <laughs> I think Tony Robbins told me that one, so I'll just yeah. pass it on. Uh, again, I guess it's not that we can't do it. Like, Humans are amazing, right? And we can do it. What we can do is amazing. Everybody can do amazing things if we put our brain to it. What is the disappointing part is um, if we do it. And then they're the t- that's the time that's wasted. Is that making sense? Yeah, I think what, what you hit the nail on the head, you know, the disappointment. Well, it's not that humans can't do it. But when they say, I can't, what are they doing? They're pointing the finger. So I can't do that. When people can't something, they're not being responsible. They're at effect. I can't do that because. The one came back, you want to give people, when people say, I can't do that, you just say, because? Well, I can't, or because? So what Mags is saying, it's not that people can't do things. The disappointing part is that they won't do things. And when you say, hey, I won't do this, it gets you to check in what your priorities are. And they won't do it because they don't have clarity. They don't know what the priorities are. And maybe there's no willingness there. And that comes down to the three fears. Well, that's the emotional state we get ourselves into. Yeah. The fear state. And when you've got the fear state, you don't want to move forward, right? Why didn't you do that Tony Robbins exercise? Which one? You know, if, I, if you ask everyone to think about, um, if, if close your eyes and just think of someone that's like, sorry. <laughs> Why don't you just do it? <laughs> If you close your eyes and you think of someone that's really depressed in the next room, so pretend someone's in a room in, in the next room in your house and they're depressed um, and you have this vision of them, I bet you all come back with the same answer that they're, they're hunched over, that their head is down, that, you know, that's the whole physiology and you taught us that and I guess that's going into NLP, but the whole physiology of how we present ourselves and um, when you're in that crouched position and feeling down, you're not going to make a decision. I like a good decision with confidence and clarity and, okay, you can take over. You can talk about power stance. And no, you're doing pretty well. I'll just give it to you. Well, you know, it all, it all shows how we present ourselves is how we move forward, right? So I was always in that, oh, I don't want to do it because, and, and when you're making decisions in that fear state, um, you're doomed and you will make poor decisions and you'll make the wrong decisions and you won't make decisions with confidence and then you, uh then you convince yourself again, see, I told you you couldn't do it. And that's where I kept repeating a bad pattern and a bad cycle of just lack of um, confidence and lack of, you know, now, now other ones have pushed me back in the spot. Like, so when your, confidence is, when your confidence is up, you just give anything a shot and you just say, you know, stuff it, I'm just going to give it a go. What have I got to lose? <laughs> Come back and say, Morty, um, what have I got to lose? So look. We, there was this Tony Robbins exercise where he talks about um, physiology is everything and how you stand and how you present yourself. And I guarantee you, Arthur, come back and do this because you do this well. Where is he? Here I am. <laughs> you did this with us in NLP and we can just do it quickly. You know, stand- I can't remember. We did lots of things. You tell me what you did. When you made a stand for two minutes and um, remember with me and Dan and everyone? 
Come on. It's pretty good. You're doing really well. I mean, hey, best way to learn is teach this stuff. <laughs> if you, look, what I mean is that if you stand differently and you change your physiology, you behave differently, right? Can you jump in and correct me at least? If you need correcting. And when we change, um, we, we, it changes our behaviour and then it changes our results and then it changes our emotional state and then that's how we get to the confidence state and we make better decisions with clarity. So as exactly what Mag said. I mean, we talked about yesterday um, what controls the decisions that you make in your life. There's two things that actually affect how you make a decision. If we talked about, you know, this science of NLP, this personal development field, the understanding and the human behaviour, the two things that determine our decisions is, number one, your state, as Maggie's been saying, Magdalene's been saying, and your state is controlled by your physiology, it's controlled by your focus, uh, it's controlled by, and your beliefs, and it's controlled by the meaning and the language that you give to things. So all of them play a part. And I want you to understand from a physiology perspective, uh, let me go to the flip chart. You can stay there, Mags, while I'm doing this, but you know, we, we're digressing, get a little bit morning, but we just give you extra information, right? So when you think, when we communicate with people, I want to give you a theory of communication. Communication is three parts of communication. We communicate with our words, right? We communicate with the tonality, the way we use our words, and we communicate with our physiology. And I, I want to give you the big, the, the understanding, the big part your physiology has in communication. So if you want to get a message across, you want to communicate, you want to have effective communication, you want to be able to be an influencer, have your message land on the people that it needs to land to be able to help them impact and to move forward in a positive, impactful way. The words that you use only have 7% impact in communication. So so many people get caught up saying, thinking they've got to say the right thing. It doesn't matter whether you say the right thing. Because whether you say the right thing or the wrong thing, it only has 7% effect. And here's something I'm going to tell you. You can't say the wrong thing to the right person. And you can't say, you can't say the right thing. You can't say the wrong thing to the right person. You can't say the right thing, oh, the wrong thing to the right. Well, you know what I mean, right? Help me out, Mags. You can't say the wrong thing to the right person. You can't say the right thing to the wrong person. Right. So words only have 7%. Effect on communication. Tonality is 38%. So it's not so much what you said, it's how you said it. Now, all the men in the room know this, right? How many times have you heard, it's not what you said, it's how you said it, right? It didn't matter what you said, it's the way you said it. 38% of communication is your tonality and the way you use your tonality. Now, if you add them up, it leaves 55%. 55% of communication is your body. It's your physiology, how you use your physiology. As Magdalene is saying, how you stand. So if you want to communicate, not just to everyone else, but communication to yourself. You know what a communication to yourself is? Your self-talk. And most times you have the self-talk because you're asking yourself a question. You're in a decision-making process. So when you make a decision, it's self-talk. Think about it. You're running through a sequence in your mind and, and you're running a checklist. You're running a criteria list. So if you don't know what's important to you, that's why it was so valuable last night for you to get your values in a specific area in your life because that gives you the checklist. That gives you the criteria. So when you're about to make a decision, you go, duh, 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 duh. it meets my checklist, I can make an easy decision. If I don't have a checklist, I don't know, crunch down, physiology, depressed state, unresourceful state, and you're making a life-changing decision in this state, I want you to think about it. You're about to make a life-changing decision. Why would you put yourself in the best state? 
And so not only do you want to communicate with everyone else, but your self-communication. Now, I want you to know this is your body. So, hey, we're talking about body language. What if you're able to read the body effectively? Because people learn this field of NLP and communication and linguistics and how to say things. That's really only 45% of the picture. You know what the 55% is? Learning how to read the body. Learning how to communicate with the body. So if you want to be a great hypnotist, a great NLP practitioner, you're only less than halfway there if you haven't learned how to read the body. There you go. Where are you going to learn how to read the body? Come next Friday, learn kinesiology. Learn Chinese medicine. Learn how every different part of the body relates to a different emotion, to a different thought, to a different aspect of your life. Because if you don't know that, you're 55% short of mastering the skill of communication. Just that looking one? at that, when you look at 7% words, it's like, you know, your daily affirmations. You could say every day, I'm amazing, I'm amazing, I'm amazing, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, happy. But if you are not in that correct stance and breathing properly and ready to make take that step, the physiology is not right, I don't think you can execute that at all. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we do an exercise? Why don't we get everyone to stand up? All right? Let's okay, get everyone to stand up. Guys. Given that we're all superheroes, right? Give me your superhero stance. There you go. See Magdalena's stance there? That's the superhero stance. Do you know science has shown, proven, that you stand like this for a minute? It increases the level of testosterone in your body by 30% and decreases your stress levels by close to 50%. In other words, it builds your adaptability factor, your resilience factor. You want to make a decision? Stand this way. Now, some people, when they see you stand like this, they go, oh, don't overpower me, because it seems like a power position. It is a power position. It puts you in your power. Why wouldn't you put yourself in your own power before you make a decision? Now, I'm questioning, why aren't you standing up following instructions? Or do you know this? Because everyone can see each other on the Zoom. We can see who's standing. We can see who's not standing. So we're calling everyone out here. Joe, you don't want to follow instructions. You don't want to stand and do this. Maybe he knows how it works. I've got two dogs sleeping on my lap. I'm going to do it later. Okay. He loves his fur babies like me. That's an effect. It is. It's an effect. The bottom line. I respect he's got fur babies and I love fur babies as well. But if it was a matter of life and death, if you're about to make a life-changing decision right now, we're going to say, I can't do this because... People might think that's a bit harsh. It may well be. And I'm not here to judge. I'm just reporting. You guys have to sort that one out for yourselves. You have to sort what that means for you. Our job is just to throw data to you, throw words, use our tonality in a certain way, use our physiology in a certain way. And for some of you, that creates triggers. And how great is that? Because what triggers you heals you. So if someone comes and triggers you, they're your biggest healer. Thank them for it. Only if you allow them to be and you take the lesson from them. If you're not taking the lesson. Do you feel different doing this? How are you feeling, Fabian? Fabian's he's, he's channeling all the power that he can from the universe. 
So that's a power pose. If you did that every morning or every time you've had to make a decision, you're at work, right? You think, oh, I've got to make a decision. Let me run into my telephone box. <laughs> Do one of these things. Put on your cape. And all that's just a metaphor, right? Because it's an anchor. So you can, and when we say anchoring, when you think about times in your life, in the past where things were just happening for you, you're in flow, you're most resourceful, you're creative, you're determined, you're in control, you're rolling on the floor laughing, you're full of energy, you know, you're in, you just, you know, anything that you touched to, anything that you did turned to gold. Like you were in that momentum, right? When you think of those moments, I know all of them, all of you have had, when you think of those moments in your life, think about your physiology in that moment. How did you stand? How did you breathe? Imagine, actually, why don't we do that? Why don't you just, can you recall a time? Can you recall a time that you're one of those? You're in control. You're in momentum. Everything was happening for you. You were energized. Everything was going bang, bang, bang. Can you recall a specific time? And as you recall a specific time, I just want you to float into your body, back into that time, float into your body, see what you saw, hear what you heard, and feel those feelings. Feel those feelings being totally in control. Feel those feelings, but just having everything, just having it all. You know that you can do this. Just feel those feelings. Everything's just happening. And as you're feeling those feelings, just pump that fist now. Clench your fist and pump it. Pump it three times. Just get into that feeling. Just pump it three times. That's it. Know that you've got this. Clench that fist. Clench that fist. Just clench that. We're creating a resource anchor. Find instructions and you'll create a resource anchor. Clench that fist and pump it. That's it. Pump it. Pump it. And what about another time? Can you recall another time that you're in that, in that, in, in that zone? Recall another time that you're in control, that full of energy, and you're rolling on the floor, just laughing. You just had this. Float into your body. See what we saw, hear what you heard, and feel the feelings of that time. Clench your fist. Pump it. Clench your fist and pump it. Clench your fist and pump it. And what about another time? Think of another time that you had this. Think about another time that you just knew everything was happening for you. Float into your body. See what you saw, hear what you heard. And just feel those feelings. Just clench that fist. Clench it. You've got this. Come on. Right. One the twin powers activate. <laughs> Shazam, right? So as you guys come back now, guess what? You've already bottled a resource anchor. In fact, why don't you come back and sit down? Hey, why don't we test something here, right? In the position that you are right now, you're about to make a decision, clench your fist and pump it. Notice if you feel anything different. Just clench your fist now and pump it. Do you feel different? Did you notice anything inside your body? Do you think if you're about to make a decision, that'll be a great position to be in to make it? We just created a resource anchor. For those who've done NLP, they know what we've done talking about. We created a. Uh, Teddy Robbins says the uh, the the most res, uh, um, the ultimate resource is a state of resourcefulness. So you've just created the ultimate resource, a state of resourcefulness, and you've got access to it. You've bottled it in your fist, not just like this. You got to pump it, right? Because when you pump it, it's like you're pumping up. The, that's the way we could create a resource anchor. Like the Zoom. There are other ways when people come in, you create an anchor by touching someone, smelling someone, or smell, oh, smelling someone, smelling something. How about when you smell something, right? You smell and someone's cooking, it takes you back to, oh, what was that? Coffee. Yes. Where do you go when you smell coffee? Oh, heaven. Is there heaven, is there coffee in heaven? Yeah, I like my long black. Okay. Well, where do you, okay, where's the best long black you've had? That's very cheeky. Where's, where's the best long black you've had? Think about it. 
What was that? Along the beach in Hawaii, and I stopped, and the coffee hypnotized me. And I was just running towards the shop. Right. See, there's an anchor, right? I'm not even a runner. Yeah. So the smell, that specific smell in Hawaii, that coffee, there's nothing like it for Magdalene. She goes back there. I, I can smell Chris and Dior Fahrenheit, and I can tell you where I am. <laughs> Rolling her eyes. Chris and Dior Fahrenheit, 1992. I'm in Greece visiting my sister, Sue, who's in here. All right. I'm in a nightclub. I'm with certain friends. I'm listening to a song. It's so evident, that Fahrenheit smell. Rhythm is a dancer. That's the, as soon as I smell Fahrenheit, I go back there. See, was that's an anchor. What was that? Was my shirt on? We're talking about almost 30 years ago now, right? Jesus Christ. Well, mid sauce, mate. All right. <laughs> I was in Greece after all. And, and so we, we have these anchors of experiences in our life. We've got positive anchors and we've got negative anchors. And the reason why people don't move forward in their life is because we have too many stacked negative anchors. And the negative anchors, when they take over, actually collapse the positive anchors. It's why relationships break up, too many negative anchors. It's why friendships break up, too many negative anchors. It's why businesses break up, too many negative anchors. People start to focus on the negative consumes them. And when you think about what's happening in the world today, it's easy for people to fall into this reactive negative state. If you're going to be a torchbearer, you might have did one of these people that understands people here. I get that you're going to be like this, but that's okay. Because I'm going to be a true friend. I'm going to love you in a way that no one else loved you. I'm going to be here next to you. I'm going to allow you to dump as much as you want to dump. Because I know who I am inside. I know my strength. I know my light. And I allow you to dump to get rid of that. And I'll just consume you and anchor in the light in you. That's your job, guys. But how many people take this personally? This person's dumping and they take it personally. And they run. They make it about them. They stop focusing on the other person. Am I making any sense? So, yeah, that's so you didn't know what we we're going to talk about this morning, Magdalene. We did a good job, just extra stuff, right? Sorry, we took you off the run sheet. Well, that's what we do. That's life, right? It's called value. Added value, right? <laughs>